Greetings and salutations, cool cats and cuties. What's up and welcome to the anime podcast of some sort. I'm David. I'm also DJM. My co-host, Jack D'Alistar, Jack the Artiste. Jackson, my friend, sometimes in podcasting, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. But sometimes you have to do things for the love of the game. So, Jack, I thank you for joining me on this episode. Thank you so much. You're welcome, David. You're, 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 you're fucking welcome. I, I know, you, you Jack. Are, um, you, I know. You, you have no how welcome you are. I, I, know. I, I wish know. I were rewatching Death Note. I, I wish I, I wish I watched that movie again. Yeah, I, I, yeah that's not a small threat. I just watched it for two nerdy black guys. We we reviewed the Death Note movie, and now we're moving to the next Netflix endeavor in to possibly destroy anime as we know it. Of course, we're talking about Neo Yokio starring Jaden Smith. You could say. Ooh, it's like you came back for more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely could. Um, although that might have not have been the best idea for Jack and I, because I've been dealing with a migraine ever since, and Jack might possibly have food poisoning. So I had to call in an ace. I had to call in an ace elite level guest. And of course, I couldn't think of anyone better for this show than the founder and editor of my favorite anime news site, Anime Maru, than the one and only Kivo from Anime Maru. What's up, Kivo? Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, hi. Uh, thank you so much, David. Um, I, it's, I'm happy to be here. It's uh, Hopefully we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Um, you know, and I, I feel bad you know, hearing about your physical ailments, both you and Jack. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, I haven't pooped in three days. So I don't know where that compares with the, the both of you, but... Hopefully we can uh, talk about some fun A9s uh, tonight and uh, feel all feel a little better at the end. Let's have ourselves a conversation about Japanimation, or at the very least, some fake Japanimation starring Jane Smith. Of no, course, I am talking about Neo Yokio. This show... A brand new Netflix original series starring Jaden Smith, for those that don't know, the son of Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, he's done some acting, technically, or which is to say he's been in some movies, but really this is about his Twitter account and the character that he plays, Kaz Khan. Uh, just a little bit Fuck about... Boy. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, he really is. He really... Really is, and we're going to talk about his fuckboyness later on. But let's just l- get a quick look at Neo Yokio as a city, because it, it, oh. it wants to be like an anime city while also being New York, and it's a Yokio of a city. But um, it, look, I don't have the energy something. to make decent jokes. I, so, I don't. So this yeah, is, so this it's, is real, Josh. It's, it's like much like the the show itself. Neo Yokio is some kind of strange amalgamation of American and Japanese culture that Jaden Smith thinks is cool. Um, like there's there's little quirks in universe you kind of pick up, like how random people have British accents and horrible and I, British accents. Yeah, I, I think uh, mythos wise, uh, the United Kingdom still has domain over America. In this universe, there's like random clues that that is actually the case, but that Neo Yokio is still like some kind of city state 
So it's a little, the setting's a little weird and eclectic. It's definitely not a uh, prime example of world building, I would say. Yeah, there's, there's a, uh, there's like an underground area or underwater yeah. that was so poorly framed, you couldn't even tell that there was supposed to be kind of Bioshock like tunnels between things. Yeah, to yeah. Keep your air. So the first shot they have, have when they're going down, you're just like, wait. Can they just breathe underwater? Is this human evolution? But I, I no, also no. Wonder just, like they're why shit at shoot live underwater. Like because <laughs> because they have the money, Be- right? And and I'm, I'm trying to like wonder is like rich. is this like the f- far future? I, I guess so because there's a robot butler. Right? Oh, oh, I mean, and, oh, fucking! They were. I was watching this and I I had like my inner cinema sins come out and I wrote several times for very actors just oh man they wrote jude law into this didn't they oh man yeah. they roped susan sarandon into this didn't they oh no they 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 roped in jason swartzman oh they roped in steve buscemi R- richard iode was like really really richard iode is in this all right what the yeah fuck is this yeah yeah i mean they they had a, they had a bit of a cast and and you know i i guess before we uh, yeah i mean before we launch into the story of this i i guess like i do have to say this jaden smith cannot act like he's really bad at it. Like, oh like he's he, never as, been good. Yeah, he's as bad as he's an actor, he's very bad as a voice actor. And um, so it never yeah, ceases to amaze me how Jaden Smith did not even just by sheer genetics, just by DNA, did not get neither his father nor his mother's talent. It right, amazes right. me. And, and, and here's the thing. There's a little bit of insight I have into this. Um, uh, I'm a big fan of Brad Bird, who is a remarkable director, and he has he's responsible for such classics and animations such as The Incredibles, The Iron Giant, stuff like that. And the thing about what he he's gone on record several times is he doesn't look for actors. He doesn't look for the George Clooney or what's not or whatever it is. He's looking for people who are voice actors. And right. sometimes he's found some really incredible people who also just happen to be great live action actors, such as Sam Jackson, uh, Craig T. Nelson, that kind of thing. But he does not settle for a big name just because they're a big name. He wants them to be able to act. And I can safely say that nobody on the team could ever possibly consider. The only one I think is passable is Jude Law. And it's just because I just happen to really like Jude Law. Everybody else. I mean, I like a lot of them. I do. Uh, I love Jason Schwartz and things that like that. The, but they the can't two, emote. The two dudes that played Khan's friends, Kaz Khan's friends... Uh, Jesus and Marrow, they were okay because they they were basically playing two dudes from New York, and well, they're two dudes from New York. So Lexi and Gottlieb are really dialogue. fun characters. Their yeah. dialogue was pretty bad, but y- you're right in that. I kept thinking when I heard them speak, like, who the fuck talks like this? Who the fuck? Well, some of not, it, some not of the slang was okay, voice actors. but it was really forced. It was really forced. But you're right; they did have a lot of emotion behind the thing. But they they were just being themselves, basically. It's oh god, like they, these people. They were, they were essentially being themselves on their radio show and on their show on Vice with dialogue that was written by someone that really ha- went through a long deviant art phase. This is the guy, whoever wrote this is one of those people who writes every single uh, black sidekick character in every animated feature ever. So, 
is what I caught from it. It's just like, it was like, oh, stiddly stang, you got a like, come on, guys. So, so really? So, so I guess like, I, I mean, I mean, if we go on then to the, to the kind of the setting and the premise and the plot, right? So, so as our, as our listeners might know, or, you know, might not know, but Kaz Khan lives in this Neo Yokio city and he's, you know, he's one of the, he has a rare talent of being able to fight these demons, right? And then he, he's, you know, always has to go around and kind of fight these demons. Was that a premise that, that either of you found at all interesting or original or unique or entertaining at all? Uh, Maybe I would say not that original. They, okay. And also in comparison to the fact that we all watched Castlevania recently. I, okay. I, I would say that my expectations for, say, a demon hunter were probably higher than they should have been for this show. But it felt generally kind of like a general anime plot device, which I can give a pass if it's good. This was... It was what it was. Uh, Kaz Khan was part of a family of demon hunters. His aunt, Agatha, is the one that gives him the jobs and the assignments. And he has this place in high society in neo Yokio, where he's part demon hunter, part young adult fashionista. And once again, he's kind of a fuckboy. So and I would say, well, I would say like, like the, you really don't even get after episode two, even like episode three, kinda, and then episode three, not really, uh, or afterwards. Like the the second half of this, uh, thank God, six episodes only uh, series is really not focused on the occult whatsoever. So it almost feels, and even in the course of okay, let me let me like back up a little bit. Uh, the percentage of the episode that even has to do with the occult or the demon hunting is so my. And they bring up his powers in so few instances. He has a baby ass tantrum in the first episode and that's the last thing. And then like clockwork, every single fucking episode where there's some kind of magic or cult, it happens six minutes before the episode is ending. Everything else was Oron but in hell. That's the way I've chosen to describe it. While you have Discount Heat Guy J played by Jude Law giving shitty ass platitudes, and that's literally the only reason I liked him. But there, there was almost no reason for them to bring in the demon thing, except for this is what anime is like, right? And that's the point I'll get to much later when we well, talk about what this has to do with anime. Sure, yeah, because I kind of interpreted the whole like what demons are and things like that you know a little bit more differently like because i remember this dropped on netflix friday right um i'm sure some people got to watch it early so i saw i saw a few reviews um before this came out and they were just as we expected just absolutely ripping into the show you know from a technical point of view from a plot point of view and i went over to my friend's house and we both watched it in one sitting and yeah it was it was pretty funny at times in like how bad it is but you know it's i i overall i thought it was relatively you know insignificant it was a pretty bad show definitely not the worst i've seen i actually have a hobby of watching bad things but um but you know, I'm going like to talk very, about that later. That's yeah, something I'm like, going to talk about. Just not really like that interesting, but like I thought it had its moments. Like it was kind of funny and kind of interesting to me sometimes. I watched it again a day later, um, kind of with my thinking cap on, and I actually felt that 
like a second time through, like when you're not just thinking about like how to laugh at it and how to just rip it up, like the show does some things that I feel are, are, are it's punching way above its weight. And, you know, I, I thought especially with the whole demons thing, like I, I just felt that the show was just some kind of allegory for just, you know, the influence and being able to fit in with the upper class versus the working class. And it's kind of like a bit about like class consciousness and conflict. Well, that was just really tacked on at the very end to make I our protagonist so. even the smidgen most likely. I thought it ran throughout the show. I thought it was more of a most, See, uh, it was more of a I, I would say that's a great point, Kivo. However, in the case of Kaz Khan, not only was he constantly desperate to show how upper class he was, he also really went out of his way, especially in the case of Helena, who had that significant change of heart about fashion and everything. He always went out of his way to show not just how upper class he was, but to show how everyone how this is the correct way to do things. This is right, the right because he way knows no live. better, David. Because he really has like a terrible lack of perspective. And it's not flattering or entertaining to watch, in my way of thinking. He's yeah, really not a sympathetic character. And you're supposed no, I, to sympathize with him. They make it I, seem so much like you're supposed to, oh, he's heartbroken. He's got all these friends that no one, nothing seems to comfort him. He's juggling with people who are better than him. No, fuck him. I swear to God, I will not ever see his side. Not well, at I all. Mean, I don't think he's supposed to be that sympathetic of a character. I mean, he's called out on his privilege all the time, but he's, his own ignorance kind of prevents him from seeing it because he's only seen one side of Neo Tokyo. Or Neo and Yokio, he never excuse really me. turns it around. He never I really mean, hurts. he turns it around at the end of the last episode when he says, maybe Neo Yokio isn't the greatest city in the world. It, that and was that's, so like, that's the start, I feel. And like, you know, and actually, I'm actually quite interested in another season of this because I want to see what they do with this character, because I kind of think of it this way. If you put if you imagine Jaden Smith as Kazkan, like then the the anime has like a different layer now, because you can see that much like, you know, Kazkan, Jaden Smith is kind of in a class situation that it's it's not a very familiar class position that he's in his father is very successful and you know obviously his family is wealthy and he's always you know there's this expectation put on him to be the same way and maybe that's not what he is and he's trying to find something in his shell and i kind of as you project that onto this show i feel like there's there could be something here like certain characters certain ideas certain themes identify with things in Jaden's life that he has to deal with well then, why did why did the writers make Kaz Khan so unlikable? Why I, did I they could make care him less about so wildly misguided about. Society? Well, okay, he's he's unlikable and he's wildly misguided and he's extremely vain. That I agree with, but I don't feel like he's an evil character. He doesn't actively try to harm people his the way the reason he acts the self-centered selfish way he does is because he literally doesn't know where he belongs i mean if even if you're saying if you're saying that this could be almost a self-deprecating piece of work on the part of jaden smith (laughs) i might see where you're coming from oh yeah if yeah i do i do i do i think it's like this kind of self-deprecating exploratory work because because 
Jaden, Jaden, Cascon is, you know, he's obviously in the rich, you know, bourgeois aristocracy. But even within that circle, he doesn't belong because he's nouveau riche. He's rich, but like he's only rich. He's not old money. He fights demons. He has to, you know, work and stuff. So he's kind of in this area where he desperately wants to belong. He doesn't really truly belong. And then there are these forces like Helena who are just trying screaming to him that there's a better way than this. But he doesn't know how to break out of his bubble. He lacks that courage. Well, you he's know? not and, really trying. That's that's. Well, he doesn't know. It's a it's scary because it's he, a world that he literally doesn't know. The show's called Neo Yokio. He's seen like less than one percent of it. You know, and every time he leaves the bubble, like a little bit, you know, it, it's a huge shock for him. And, and that's that's the reason he acts like a, such a conceited asshole. And I'm not saying that's that's good and that, you know, redeems the character in any way. But like, I think that's what the show's trying to point at. And, and in future seasons, you know, we'll, I, I predict that we'll see kind of like a, a breaking out and a mellowing out and a redemption of him. If I could, for just a moment, uh, just kind of butt in, I won't make any comments on on any of this. I will just say, I will just give a short breakdown of what's happened in the six episodes we have endured with Kaz Khan. He has, uh, with a complete lack of perspective, with uh, no sort of outward environment uh, surveillance, he failed to exercise his his love interest. Uh, I, I could not be asked if, if she was like his girlfriend at the time. He had some kind of a burgeoning thing for her, whatever. Uh, and she she suffered from it. But then, you know, he's bringing her a fucking Toblerone. And then afterwards, he has to try and teach the people who he has devastated because of her br- bringing back down to reality, her idea that the bourgeoisie, that the rich uh, should not be stepping on the toes of, of uh, the poor. And he has to go and try and deal with that collateral damage. He mistakes a, a gentleman for a demon sympathizer based on appearances alone and alienates him. Uh, mm-hmm. And I will talk about that fucking guy. Oh my god, mm-hmm. he pushes his he pushes his friend to his limits after he endures one of the stupidest anime cameos I've ever seen and becomes a woman uh, and destroys any sense that he has of his personhood and he gets involved in a scheme where he's not even directly responsible uh oh oh yeah he fucks with his uh his mecha butler his mecha butler is brought to near dying battery powers because he is completely ignoring him consciously it, no, he even he's outright telling him, no, you're going to have to wait. No, you're going to have to wait. No, you're going to have to wait. Oh, wait, I forgot. I couldn't charge you that kind of thing. And at the end of it, uh, completely screws up the escape for uh, a, a possible terrorist. It, it's I yeah, can see it, it's, it's absolutely the case. I mean, he is fully embodied. He's the full embodiment of all the negative aspects of of harmful classism and he's stuck in this circle because he knows no better and meanwhile every other episode he goes from i'm gonna turn my life around back to this ridiculous purple prose bullshit that would make the writers of neon genesis evangelion blush what did i write down interminable abyss of whackness and then i wrote (laughs) in my own words kill me i've got a lot of notes like this show's pretty funny yeah yeah the show's pretty funny i like it yeah, I, 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 I liked it. Um, that oh, said, you, you did mention Helen, Helena St. Tessera, I think her name is, right? 
Um, Helena St. Tessero is the protagonist of the show in my – she she is actually like the hero, right, in, yes. in my point of view. That, that she, she, I can agree on. Yeah, she is the one – she kind of represents that revolutionary spark, right, because she is in that aristocratic, aristocratic cycle. She was possessed. Something changed within her, and then she kind of becomes – I, I, for a lack of a more eloquent word, woke, right? Like she kind of sees the truth about how this, the capitalist society, the, the over capitalist society, the classist society is hurting people. And then she wants to separate away from her, from them. And, and she wants, she's the voice that's kind of trying to influence cause. And of course, cause, you know, he pushes back because this is it, – it, it doesn't gel with everything that he's learned in his entire life. But throughout the course of the show, I mean, you know, she actively seeks to destroy the, – she destroys the Bash to the Board spoilers. Obviously, the Bash to the Board is a metaphor for the, you know, the, the aristocratic uh, bourgeois uh, power structures. And um, it wasn't and, an and, allegory. You know, she, it was straight up playing it up. Yeah, it is literally a bourgeois power structure. There, right? There's no, there's no subtlety in this. Yeah, I do not. It is literally subtlety. a bourgeois power structure. So she's kind of like the hero of this show that's pushing like Kaz, or at least attempting to push Kaz on. And in the end, she actually outsmarts Kaz. She outsmarts, um, like uh, she outsmarts Kaz. She outsmarts the Rememberser. She just wins in the end and just like manages to get away all her on her own guile. You know, I like, would actually consider her the antagonist from a, just from a strict narrative perspective. I understand what you are saying, and that does make a lot of sense, but I call her the antagonist because the antagonist would push forward the conflict and actually make shit happen. Well, she Literally, did make shit happen. Nothing I mean, she, else that happens. She comes with no, no, there's... She's she's the one. Well, yes, she's making shit happen, but she's the only person that's putting events into gear, and that's not really usually supposed to be the role of the protagonist she's the one that's causing all the manner of conflict other than that everybody's just going to their parties and doing shit the same way that they always have okay, and yeah, nothing maybe, fucking yeah, happens protagonist in the in the in the main in the main character sense I, in i'd the say thematic, in the yeah, thematic in the thematic like the, the person be driving narrative wise no yeah 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 that's what i mean and that said i, I mean i think one thing that I really wanted to think about when I was watching this is what the demons uh, actually represent. Because if you think about it, right, the demons appear to only attack the wealthy. They're attracted, you know, they 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 kind of haunt these rich objects that essentially but we have really no only value. see the wealthier side of Neo Tokyo. That's where we are for the majority of the series. Well, yeah, but the focus, the show puts narrative focus on demons attacking the wealthy. They seem to be attracted to these rich objects like Chanel suits, co- uh, Chanel suits, you know, the crystal shells and the things like that. And and so what you know, you're after- saying is you're you're expecting this to go somewhere larger to say that the demons are are focusing Neo on these Yokio rather than it just a- being the upper the upper class of Neo Yokio. I and believe, it's just what it is. I believe that Neo Yokio is a leftist manifesto. And that it is a attack, it is a critique of modern classist society, and that the characters, I mean, it is the redemption story, though it has a long way to go, um, of, of a certain Kaz Khan, someone who is so deeply and fundamentally entrenched in the very thing the show is critiquing. That's, okay, that's what I pull think it off. trying. This being no, said... I, I, I don't think the show has the technical chops to pull it off. No, it really fucking doesn't. No. <laughs> let me let me what I think. I'm going to try 
occasionally to add a couple of thoughts that I think might actually have helped the show if it had focused on various points. Sure. I don't think it would have redeemed it if it had done these things in a slightly better fashion, but this is what I'm thinking. If that is true, what you're saying, they should have played up the demon aspect more than the, oh, it's six minutes until the end of the episode, let's bring in a demon. No, there, and not to mention the fact that they only came in for the first three episodes episodes there was no speaking of them there was no build-up in the last three uh and i know they had the grand prix thing but they didn't bring that into any kind of uh symbolic or any kind of the grand prix was uh, drama tension yeah. there there's absolutely no like it completely drops it i would not tell people that this was a story about a demon hunter i would tell people this is a story of a rich fuck boy and there is like Altogether, there's about uh, 12 minutes out of a three-hour series of demon hunting. And these demons only appear to Kaz. They should yep. have made more of a public spectacle in order to have that symbolism of, oh, they're making a public outrage. They are making a poor show. They're really ruining things. They're rocking the boat for the rich. But if See, you that, do that's, want that's to take That's my it, interpretation of, like, demons appear to be extremely rare because, I mean, only Kaz seems to deal with them. And they seem to only – That's that's how I kind of – came to that conclusion that they only attack some random rich people once in a while. I, I hate to bring back an old enemy of mine, but this show suffers from the same issue of perspective as Steven Universe. You have an unlikable protagonist that you're supposed to be rooting for who has all these incredible abilities, but you only ever get to see his side of the story. You're only watching the battles from his perspective, and you're not seeing how the outside could deal with it differently. Maybe the rich are being uh, targeted. Maybe the demons are are swarming and they take residence in the poorer areas, in the slums. We have no fucking idea and no clue and no hope of ever finding this kind of stuff out. Whatever kind of symbolism that they were supposed to have for the demons, I decided, you know what, fuck it. I'm not going to think that deeply into this story because the technical aspects and just the, the shoddy narration, the clunky, or the shoddy narrative, the clunky exposition is really, really dragging this down from whatever higher kind of message that they were trying to send. Not to mention the live journal type of, especially fucking episode four. Episode four was the fucking worst, but the whole uh, gender issues. And uh, even before that with episode three, don't judge a book by its cover. Just all the morals and messages and ways that we're supposed to see Kaz uh, endure these trials is... To, to bring this much. back to Twitter again, because we're talking about Jane Smith, uh, there is a saying here so far. Uh, there's a saying on Twitter that I think with what you were describing with how they were laying things on very thick and it was all very clunky and not very well written. Mm-hmm. It ain't that deep, as they say. It, it really isn't. It, it really fucking deep. isn't. I'm not a lot, looking at A lot of the themes they, they were trying to tell were pretty surface level, in my opinion. And Mm -hmm. since this will inevitably get another season because people that love anime are obsessed with watching so much terrible garbage shit that exists that this is going to get another season and people are going to binge watch it and hate that they love it and love that they hate it because we all love trash. We're all obsessed with trash because we're all weave trash and this is going to get another season. 
you fuck boys. If you watch We're this going and to have you to enjoy it, I'm sorry, you're Kaz. You you are another KazCon, and I have God. no sympathy. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I I appreciate well, what you do for journalism for anime. Fucking well, fuck no, this. that that has nothing to do with that. I I just actually like I didn't I, I I mean the second time around, right? I mean there were funny moments, like bad funny moments, like the haha, it's so terrible, it's bad moments, but like. You know, I I, I no, think it's, it's kind of fun. It's terrible. What do you if, mean? If you're, it's terrible. If like, you're you weren't laughing at the Toblerones. Do, no, do they have I a wasn't. fucking deal with Toblerone? Do they have a fucking <laughs> deal with Toblerone? No, but that's what I didn't funny. laugh at the Toblerone. I did not laugh. Oh, they're just, all right. Well, I mean, whatever. Toblerone is making the animation faster than six frames per second. Fuck this. All right. Well, uh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah. All right. Fine. I mean, but I, I'm just saying my second time around, you know, I was, I was kind of looking more for thematic meaning. I felt that the show was a lot more earnest than some other shows that are, you know, not considered terrible. You know, it, it lacks any kind of technical merit. So it's difficult to kind of dig out meaning from it. But, you know, overall, it's it's far from the worst thing I've ever watched. I mean, there's it's plenty of... It's far from the worst yeah, thing yeah. I've ever watched. And yeah. it was definitely earnest, but it was yeah. it was simple. It was, it was earnest yeah. in the same way a pop song can be earnest. This is, this is very deliberately a product. This Shh. is a product to give to okay. people. I, I think, like... Uh, uh, Dave and I both see this and we see something that's easy to digest it's bright and colorful it gives you the aesthetic of anime without the complexity without the without anything more than a surface level understanding of what goes into an anime's narrative it gives you something easy to latch on to for an A plot it gives you a premise for your B plot it tries to pull you in with intrigue much like most binge-worthy shows on Netflix will, but it's doing so so by the numbers that I was able to clock that every fucking episode that had a demon involved literally happens around the six-minute mark. It is and Jack, very processed. And Jack, I know you, you can relate to this especially with mm. the episode where Lexi's friend... Um, not Lexi, but Kaz's friend got changed into a girl. Uh, I know I, I, I can speak for both of us when I was counting down the seconds to where we would hear the dialogue about how gender is not a gender is a spectrum. I know you yeah. and I were both counting that down. Yeah. This, oh yeah. This yeah, I, I saw that coming. Uh, this series really tries to play up the diversity and you know what that's one thing that i kind of wish i would like about it is the fact that we see a lot of varying races in this but they're so fucking racist about it and when they go on their soapbox about the diversity whether it comes to race or gender they have ter terrible accents stereotypes up the anus and gender is a spectrum and you don't know how to treat women and you don't know how to do this Kaz Khan and Kaz Khan you got a Kaz Khan until your Kaz is Khan and you're the fucking center of the universe this was so insulting to me to fucking watch because I knew that they wanted to get the fucking thumbs up from Tumblr and Twitter who are so fucking desperate for characters with alternative body types and 
different skin colors and heights and races and all different kinds of walks of life. And fuck that, because this is so fucking by the numbers and processed. And when you fucking turn it into a sudden, we're not going to bring this in any context. We're just going to have the character directly speak to the audience about a message like that that has to do with gender or there's nothing wrong with earning your money or we're all the same. We're all diverse. We're all just basically trying to go through life and you can't fucking hide it from your wealth or your status. It ain't that deep. You can't fucking pull the wool over my eyes, Netflix, and you cannot make me watch a second season of this because this is fucking garbage. It is a press button make cartoon, and I am not having it. And it was so transparent and unapologetic about what it was. Nothing about this for one moment gave me any inclination that it was going to be any more than what it was. We saw Kazkon from what he was from the very beginning. And like Kivo said, it did not he did not evolve at all until the very end of the last episode of this season. And it was out of nowhere. It was one line and that was it. His perspective was changed. That's not how you write people. And if you have to Ever make me so wait till slightly. the end of the season if it make said, me wait till the end of the season for that, then fuck you. Because I don't want another... Maybe. Yes. He said, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And if uh, another fucking person comes up to me with a series and says, oh, by episode 13, he realizes his mistakes. No, fuck you. I don't want to have to watch an entire fucking series to see some goddamn character development. I don't care if your waifu stops being super sundere by the time episode 11 rolls around and then the show really kicks into gear. Guess what? There's two episodes left. One at most. Fuck you. I'm sorry. I'm going to be really, really, really vehement now because, yeah, like the crux of this is that this is really trying to tout itself as something that's really fucking exciting and different and it's really not uh, moving away from the narrative i think we've basically covered the general arc of it unless you anything else you wanted to say kevo uh no no that's that sounds right yeah uh the animation (laughs) oh i mean if there's technical points there's nothing to say you know, like, yeah, I mean, you know, we're all in the, the animation is detritus. Like the, 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 the voice acting is, is poor. The, 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 the dialogue is bad. I mean, there's the, the technical parts of this show is, I mean, it's, it's, it's shovelware. You David, know I mean? Uh, were, was I the only one who noticed? Cause I know you usually handle audio mixing, uh, and you know, making sure everything sounds good and there's no background noise, that kind of stuff. Did you have a fucking issue with the way that they mix the music, voices, everything in this? Because I can tell you, I have minimal knowledge of that. What I, what I know, I learned from myself. And I can tell you right now, this felt like a crash course in what the fuck not to do. Well, I had enough of an issue with the voice acting and the direction. I felt the direction, with the exception of Kaz's two friends, was pretty painful because given the cast despite Jaden Smith the cast overall should have been better so I put Mm -hmm. that back to the directing and the writing in terms of the actual audio I couldn't say much only because I just I didn't notice it at all there there was nothing spectacular except there, there was nothing that really stood out to me except for the performance of the Russian girl uh, at, oh in the, my god! 
my immediate thought was was that since this was on Netflix, my immediate thought was, did they just get Allison Bree to do her Zoya the Destroyer from Wow, <laughs> from from Glow? Did did they uh, just have her do Zoya the Destroyer again? Because that that was my was first instinct. It, it, it's it, Anna it was... Mahendru, I believe. But uh, yeah, Jesus Christ, because that was the, so. The... It it was, it was exactly like Zoya the Destroyer, just that totally Soviet nineteen eighties accent that people and, and always they're... try to do when they're hunting for moose and squirrel, darling. And their their first couple lines, she didn't even sound Russian. She sounded like some kind of quasi German. It sounds really bad. I I do want to talk about accents, but before before we get to that, I did want to say that David, I I have virtually no audio mixing experience i like i said i just know what i know what i've taught myself but uh you didn't notice anything weird about arch arch angelos by the way that's a fucking stupid name uh did you notice anything weird about when his friends would laugh at the shit that he would say because it sounded to me like someone took a microphone walked outside of the netflix office recording booth and just recorded some random passerby laughing it sounds terrible they're nowhere near the mic. It sound it it doesn't have that crispness and that up close that the rest of these crisply recorded people do. It sounds like <laughs> it, it it fucking sucked. You tell me you didn't notice that? I mean there was I'm, a lot I'm to notice. I'm gonna go ahead and say that I don't think I would have ever given anything on this show that much attention. If it stood out and was that much glaring to you, Jack, good on you. But truthfully, I was watching this on my TV, uh, so I really couldn't tell. And I was not giving Archangelo, oh God, that character. I, I was not giving him or anything around him that much attention. The, the, so, the, the thing about the sound that I did notice the most, though, is the, the royalty-free classical music that was used yeah. over and over again because they couldn't afford a soundtrack, it's apparently. Loud. Yeah, it's also really loud and kind of distracting. Uh, believe it or not, Vivaldi's yeah. Four Seasons is not a omnibus thing that you can just use for any piece of shit anime you ever want. It kind of gave it a little bit of a Mars of Destruction feel where, like, you know, very obvious royalty-free music just because we can't pay for a soundtrack. So... I was highly a good hope- sign. I was yeah. highly hoping that they would have that uh, Evangelion situation where there was like a minute sixteen seconds of just a still image over the classical. I was really fucking <laughs> hoping for that because then, then people would have fucking realized. But I, I don't think that would have even helped. Uh, back to the accents and the voice acting in general. Was I the only one who had to turn on my subtitles to fucking understand anybody because nobody on this cast could properly voice act and denunciate fucking eight? Because no, I, I, I really had didn't to do have that. that problem. I really didn't have that problem at all. Uh, like I said, I was watching on my TV. I really didn't have that much of a problem. No, no. I, I thought they were all, yeah. in terms of the delivery, they were fine. All of the characters, in terms of delivering, except for the Russian girl, they were okay. It was just the dialogue they were given and the direction they were given with the exception of the two guys that were voiced by Jesus and Mero. I think with the exception of those two who were basically just being themselves. Yeah, they definitely could enunciate, but you said they have a radio history. Yeah. 
Yeah, so they, I think they have they a radio have, history. They work on. They have a show on Vice. So those guys know how to use their voices, more or less. And but with everyone else, you could really see the direction and the writing for how weak it was. It was just mm-hmm. just weak all around. Yeah, no, no one seemed to really believe. I wrote one of my notes here is everyone in the voice cast sounds like they gave up, especially Jude Law. <laughs> he, he really did. I could just hear him. I could see him in the booth right now. Just, you know, he's stroking his recently smooth, uh, clean shaven chin. He's just kind of going, every cloud has a silver lining. And I just feel really fucking bad for him. I, I feel really bad for Charles as a character. That's the only character I could find sympathetic. And he is fucking, it, that's only because he was suffering most of the time like I was. And then the that bitch popped out of his body, the fucking pilot. And I think it was also supposed to be Jude Law doing a shitty Cockney accent and trying to sound like a woman, but clearly not sounding like a woman at all. And I completely gave up on everything. The accents aside from the people who are actually English, are terrible. Really like, distracting. Really sa- distracting. Oh, fucking yeah. Sailor Pellegrino. I wrote... Uh, you mean Sailor Pellegrino? Sailor Pellegrino's voice and name and everything is ma- making yeah. me pee. I, I yeah. was fucking in tears by the time she started speaking because they had played her up and with this I really remember. I actually remember comic. looking her up. Uh, on Wikipedia, the the voice actress that played Katie her. Mixon, yeah, right. Because I I was looking forward to this, and I I always appreciate a well performed Southern accent. So when I was hearing this, I was somewhere in between laughing and crying through the whole right. thing. It, it was pretty. She her, sounds uh, like Applejack from Friendship's Magic, forced into a wood chipper, and then being told to act in a terrible anime. Also, I, I think it was her singing Jerusalem, which is apparently the national anthem of the United States now. Um, and yeah, that, that was an interesting moment. When I The first time I watched it without subs, I didn't realize it was English. I thought they just made up random sounds for her to sing. Uh, the, the second time I, I was watching it, it had subtitles. I'm like, holy shit, this is English words. Oh my God, this is Jerusalem. It sounds the, like a generic uh, yeah, okay. yeah, It sounds like an aria. It, well, it, 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 Jerusalem it, is the customary uh, patriotic anthem of Great Britain. Uh, it's sung at uh, rugby games where Great Britain is yes. playing. So it kind of uh, reinforces that uh, that 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 world mythos that like the nation states are aligned differently and the United States is still under control of Great Britain. And that's why random people have British accents. That said, why? And they you have know? terrible British yeah, accents. And and why do we? Why? What kind of? point is there for the united states being under control of great britain still is this some kind of like fucking bullshit code gas like throwback or and also it's like why do random people have really bad british accents like it's or, so or really bad accents in general all the all the racers in the grand prix were a fucking nightmare it yeah. sounded like do you got this is this brought me this gave me war flashbacks to fucking the release of Cars 2 when everybody was a shitty stereotype. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Jack. Oh, yeah. Wow. It, it's literally that like these characters, especially the fucking Italian guy and the French guy. They were 
exactly one-to-one copies of the fucking the French Jackie and Italian racer. guy? And Fuck the French-Canadian guy? I'm Again, telling the- you guys right now, watch, th- watch that fucking, well, don't watch it, but if you really have like a morbid curiosity, anyone listening, watch the sixth episode of Neo Yokio until you get to the fucking stupid press conference. I- I and like then go the back Mabiga. and watch some, watch the <laughs> clips uh, of some clips of Carl Cars 2 with uh, Francesco, whatever the fuck his name was. I can't believe I still remember that, even not even completely. But the fact I vaguely do is really upsetting. But watch that because it's really, really similar. It's so bad. It's, it's similar so to the bad. point you always be wondering if it's an homage to the to the cinematic masterpiece of Cars 2. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they, they wish they could. Because if I remember correctly, they at least had decent voice actors who could kind of make the stereotypical... Right. Uh, accent work as opposed to someone coming in like hey rich you're really good at that italian accent aren't you Uh, like no get out of here with so what what is this what did you guys think about like the random like pop culture anime references sprinkled in like i i (gasps) okay how dare you drag ronma one half in the fucking mud all right right. fucking Rumiko Takahashi is a fucking factory of of processed will they won't they stuff, but I vaguely enjoy Ranma one half, and when you throw this shit at me, it does feel funny or haha, look at that reference. I'm gonna clap my hands because I recognize that it feels really insulting, much like everything else. See, okay, well, Jack, this is this is why you're the perfect co-host for me, Jack, because you you said all I have to say. There, there you go. There you go. Uh, if I could maybe just kind of get a little bit of a generalized sense of why references don't work and why I think that we need to stop as a fucking culture, in fact, an entire media industry from doing them, is that if you don't recognize the reference and it's not used in the context of a joke, it will not be funny. Uh, I can't remember what the quote is, but if you if you can switch around the characters, if you could switch around the scenario during a referential joke and it's still funny without knowing what it is, then it works. But if it's just, look, here's a panda and a girl who fell in a pool, it's Ranma one half, that's not funny. And the people People who do recognize it are either going to be upset or if they have the functioning of less than half a walnut, then they're probably going to be like, ah, ah, run one half. But I would like to think that most of the people who are watching it are not going to have that kind of reaction to it. And if you ever eventually do see Ronma one half and you realize, wait, was that a reference to Ronma one half? It cheapens it for you. It happens in a lot of of Western media, and it happens elsewhere too, and anime is certainly, especially some of the garbage ones, are not free from uh, aping off of other series and other media themselves, but it doesn't make your media better. You have to do something with it, and I think a key example of who... At its core, it's another type of fan service, and we all know it's such a polarizing subject, especially in the anime community. Fan service is such a polarizing subject, and media referencing other media is also fan service. And And it's a poor taste. If it is executed well, sure, it can be good. But a lot of times, especially in the Western world, it is not done well it really don't reference a good movie in your bad movie don't reference an all right anime in your terrible not anime 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, when I, I, I'm with you, you know, um, I, I thought the, I, they just didn't, it doesn't work because the show doesn't have, the show can hardly move its own plot around. It, you know, you, you think it can execute someone else's plot? You can't. I mean, it's, yeah. it's literally impossible to do. I mean, that's the why Rama episode one four half is the worst one. The that's Neon the Genesis episode. Evangelion reference, like, at best, the, the anime references got, either eye rolls or sharp exhales from me, um, you know, but uh, yeah, that, that, you know, it's cute, I guess, but it's ultimately like pissing in the snow. It's like, it doesn't matter. You know, you can see it, it for it a really while feels and then it goes away. Right. I would be really curious to see if anybody responsible for this uh, had any inkling or any, any sense that Charles was supposedly a uh, kind of heat guy, J style thing, because, Oh, Charles. Can I just talk about Charles a little bit? Charles is I'm my gonna, favorite character in this. Jack, I'm going to go even further than that and say, once yes. again, it ain't that deep. And I'm guessing they just wanted a cool robot. It really feels like that, but he doesn't even look that cool. David, you've seen tons of mechs. He, I've seen various like, mechs. He, he looks, looks boring. Like a, he looks like a dollar store bootleg Transformers Gen 1 Megatron. With no, I, I, with no paint on him. The, the first know. few times I saw him on screen, I actually thought they forgot to color the cell. Like, oh, it's like, oh, they haven't painted their mech yet. That's weird. That's a, they should remember to do that in the next scene. Um, yeah. <laughs> Through this complicated mech with no coloring so they could make it easier on them. And they couldn't even keep him on model when he would turn or do anything. And yeah. that was a bigger problem inherent in the fact that this ep- the, the, show, the show is 98 eight percent talking heads it yeah. is miserable the lip syncing is so bad it's just a loop with no mouth sounds nothing that you're supposed to put into your fucking talking animation to make it look like they're saying saying actual words if you mute this and don't turn on subtitles it looks like they're all going the sounds also aren't synced you see you have people walking when you know, you hear footsteps and they're not in sync. The mouth and they're just dragging the portrait, bobbing of... it up and down like in Flash. Right. Like right. It, everything is really cut back, and that is, I think, the biggest example of why I do not think that Netflix has what it takes to replicate anime. Now, I will take it on good authority that uh, Voltron Legendary Defender is adequately animated, but that. That's the studio that is As responsible is for Legend of Korra. Yeah. Yes. And those are studios that had experience with anime-esque uh, animation properties before. Legend of Korra, Last Airbender. And I believe even Castlevania, they had done something previous to this Netflix uh, series. So it, it baffles me that Netflix thinks we can give it a try be- because anime is more anatomically correct. There's more detail that you typically need to use, even in a far shot when you don't have high resolution of your character portraits. There's so much going on, and you want to also include painted backgrounds and all the kind of aesthetics that are responsible for what bring people to anime aesthetically, is that you have a a very superficially good-looking thing. And this doesn't even look that good. It really doesn't. the bright colors, everything superficially draws you in. And then the more you watch it, the more you realize that these are really generic anime portraits with no discernible, uh, 
uh, influence in the style. It really feels like a how to draw manga book given life and voices. It's well, insulting. And not only that, well, well, Jack, not Jack, only is it on. that, hang. but it also feels like it's a how to draw manga book from 2002. Yes, back when we didn't even have a general sense of what anime yes now, now, now jack i'm sorry yeah. to inter- interrupt yeah um now you mentioned that this draws you in with bright colors and disappoints you with really bad technical execution i, I am gonna have to vehemently disagree because i don't think it draws you in with anything because if i look <laughs> you and i look at like the preview art i'm like this is you there's nothing like there is no piece of like promotional art or trailer that actually looks good at all i mean look at the banner in Netflix for this show. Look at the the, the logo. It it looks terrible. Again, it looks like a outdated how to draw manga book that you'd see at Barnes and Noble. Like you you honestly look at the show and it it could have been made in 1997. You know, you know, it could have uh, been aired on television in 1997, and then people would have been like, man, this show's not animated very well. It, you know? it looks like somebody uh, on on the Cartoon Network staff said, hey, we should yeah. make an American series to put on Toonami. Or one, of my, like that. one of my friends, um, when he watched it, he says that it looks like it could have been a parody of an anime show inside like a cartoon. Like the characters in like the boondocks are watching television and this is on their television. Like it's a parody anime within like another thing. Like that's around the quality you expect. That's the thing I'm really curious about. I have a big thing circled like it's a conspiracy thread like the center of the crux of my case is did they make this bad on purpose? I don't think so. I um, think I think they were not as self-aware. Yeah, I don't think I, think, bad on I don't a complete think lack Jayden's, of self-awareness. I don't think Jaden Smith has ever exhibited an iota of self-awareness, so I'm saying no. Yeah. You know what this makes me feel like now that I think about it? There's another Netflix series that this really reminds me of. And it's going to shock the both of you, but it's not going to be surprising what you think about it is this reminds me of the real Rob Schneider. Continue. Uh, well, for I, I guess I have to explain because uh, I thought that would make have an outburst. So the real Rob Schneider is this reality show that follows Rob Schneider while he struggles for relevancy, trying to show people that he has an attractive wife that he repeatedly sleeps with and makes his ridiculous little you can do it jokes uh, and basically spending 20 minutes at a time showing people how rich and successful he is while also belittling people who are in places of service. Uh, it is so unaware of of its shortcomings, of the identity of the person who is producing it, it feels almost identical to what's going on here. If this is really supposed to be Jaden Smith's avatar, which I think we can safely assume it is, uh-huh. it this is the anime, quasi-anime's answer, Jaden Smith's answer in animation to the real Rob Schneider is this completely, uh, as far departed from down to earth as you could possibly get. I, I, I don't know well, how I also feel. Also wrangling a bunch of animation I, in there. I don't know how I feel about living in a world where the real Rob Snyder has a literary response. <laughs> that is a, that is a little, that's, whew. This but is what I'm what talking, talking about, about when I this say, is the life we live. everyone needs to stop watching trash. Stop watching Man. trash. 
because trash <laughs> brings more trash, and trash begets more trash, and bad so, content begets more content. Have I told you about con- how I went content. to opening night of the Emoji Movie? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, you. I love this stuff. Yeah, I love this stuff. But um, do not, do not give this to viewership. Do not buy a ticket for the Emoji Movie. Do not purchase digitally the Emoji Movie. Do not watch the Death Note live action series. Do not watch do that. Castlevania. Yeah, do not do that. Watch the Death Note anime. It's also on Netflix. Watch things on Crunchyroll. It's a fairly cheap service. Play a game on Steam. Cuphead comes out this Friday. Fuck you. Stop you watching waste your trash. Time doing this. I'm sorry, I love it, okay? <laughs> Here's the thing. No, it's when not you, okay. When you start to do this for a, for a, for a very long time, Kivo, what starts to happen is when you're only processing garbage media, you will start to try and look further and deeper into it and try and reason with yourself psychologically that there might be something more to it. It's not. It's just because all you have have given yourself is bad stuff to watch and play so you have to start assuming that and what this you're is enjoying why are is good about, and it's and not this is why people are talking about remaking the sega cd game night trap oh my god are they really yeah, yeah are I've, they I've really s- i've seen it bandied about yeah yeah. This is what happens, is you don't get any good new ideas, so you have to take the old ones again. You have to remake Evil Dead like it's a serious fucking movie. Fuck you. You make more trash, you make more things that are tired, and you keep recycling them, and you can't let your studios, you can't let these gaming studios have something unique for a change. Sega's never gonna make another Knights game, and I'm gonna have to just accept that fact. They're just gonna be repeatedly putting out shit like Sonic Forces. They're gonna keep fucking bringing back this shit. Someone will want to make the Death Note movie again in a few years. I guarantee it. And all of this manga from 7C17. I'm looking forward... Okay, I mean, I don't know. Neo Yokio didn't make me mad. I'm just like it bored me the first time. Second time, it was like you know, it's, it's kind of funny. It's it's. I mean, I'm not saying it's like good, but like, I don't know. I I I don't get mad at Neo Yokio. I think it's lame. I, I at best, it's a really really cheap, cheap I, cheap cheap show. I do get mad at Neo Yokio. Is a symptom of a much larger problem. It is, and I'm not even mad at the cheapness. I'm not mad at the cheapness. I'm not mad at even the animation, which is, you know, the fact that I want to have a part in the industry that is making content like this really is insulting and upsetting to me. But it really is part of a huger problem where this is what people will accept as the standard. They will accept the fact that you will have a cursory knowledge of, okay, show an ass shot every now and again, Uh, maybe put in a giant robot everybody's got pink hair that's what's that's what passes for understanding the aesthetic and and everything about anime it's going to confuse normies people who don't understand what anime is really all about that it's not a genre that it's not a clusterfuck of ideas it's not an aesthetic that is complete and utter fucking garbage and it's not something that's going to suddenly stop and spew pseudo philosophical bullshit Sometimes, sometimes it gets away with not doing that. But 
but but it's it's, it's a really bad showing of what people think that they believe anime to be. Like, I think this is what anime is all about. And when you give this to mainstream audiences on Netflix and go, we made a new thing, it's going to just, it's it's going to set things back, I think. It's not even just the fact that we're making trash. It's that people will accept this trash as what the the mainstream American audiences are going to assume that anime is. And I think we just set ourselves back several fucking decades with this that's what i believe you, you think neo yokio sets anime in the west decades back well i'm exaggerating but i do okay. think that when mainstream audiences look at this they're going to assume that's all that anime is that's a, that actually is a very I, I actually never thought of it like that before because i don't really care what normies think lol ivory tower you know but um that, that that's actually a very interesting point but uh, do, do you feel like Netflix is, I mean, just outside of Neo Tokyo, I keep calling it that. Jeez, I'm so sorry about Neo. Neo I said Neo Nokio, and I don't give a shit. Yeah, I keep calling it Neo Tokyo. God forbid that show doesn't let's, deserve Let's this. misspell it and misscall it things, yeah. and maybe Neo, no one will ever yeah, search for it. It doesn't deserve outside to be Neo called by its correct yeah. name. Neo Yokio is a dumbass name anyway. What the fuck were you thinking when you did that? Like, yo, like, yo, it's Yokio. Oh, it's like it's like a play it's like of New, New York. York. It's supposed New to be York. New York. And why? So yeah, that's outside New York. Like, yeah. Do do you think Netflix's um, anime collection as a whole is is good? Like, as a good representation of anime? Because every time I scroll through it, I, I just don't see anything interesting to watch that I haven't. I seen know before. that in recent years, uh, I've enjoyed quite a few things from Netflix, but. I've had a Netflix subscription forever and going all the way back to when it was still only DVDs. I have been okay. consuming Netflix's let anime me, Let library. me look at, let me look at really quick at the top stuff. I know that there have been a few here and there that I've really enjoyed. And okay. if someone is interested in anime entirely, I believe they have a good reach. They okay, have a pretty good, good spectrum. I, I've looked up on my mobile app, which I have recently acquired Netflix. I'm just kind of going halvesies with somebody. And these in order, this is in order from top left to bottom right, the anime series that show up first. And you go to the mobile app and just search genre anime, which, by the way, anime is not a fucking genre. It's an art medium. But anyway, Naruto, Death Note, One Punch Man, Netflix's The Seven Deadly Sins, Castlevania, Inuyasha, Sword Art Online, Pokemon Indigo League, Fairy Tale, Yu-Gi-Oh!, Attack on Titan, Pokemon the Series X and Y, Devil is a Part-Timer, Bleach, Oron High School Host Club, Pokemon Z, I have no idea what the fuck that is, Blue Exorcist, Naruto Shippuden the Movie, another Naruto Shippuden the Movie, and Vampire Knight. I think that's a about like 65% generic we've seen this in hot topic for years and years kind of garbage and then like 35% okay stuff that's that's like the first page of it really yeah, I'm, I, I'm looking through myself. this is this yeah. is this is what the this is what people who have kind of understood what anime is all about, you know, right. they, they, but for they don't want to look like the... you, Jack, or me. I yes. will say one of my favorite series in recent years, Knights of Sidonia, 
was a Netflix exclusive. But again, I have an understanding of anime that is a little bit on an on a level beyond the people that are watching Naruto Shippuden. Yeah, this is this is really like lowest common denominator. This is like what people will recognize as anime that won't challenge them that much that isn't going to be anything more than what they expect of it for the most part. It's easy to digest. Even stuff like Blue Exorcist, which I tend to really enjoy. Even stuff like Oron, which has subtle parodies of tropes and trappings of of anime. I think people, for the most part, are going to watch those things and just take take away the surface-level adventure and the surface-level romance with seven boys kind of deal. They're not going to look further past it. And I think that's really what Netflix excels in, is giving you easy-to-find easy to digest entertainment so they've picked and then and choose if you're more interested carefully. if you are more interested you can scroll down in the anime section mm-hmm. or scroll to the right and find more that might suit your taste and you can understand that anime is not a fucking genre it is a fucking art medium anime is not one that thing originated it is not one thing whatsoever and that's what neo tokyo will lead you to believe is that it's all in the same fucking series giant robots little girls and colorful hair and and fucking slice of life stories with crazy people and chibis and weird music cues and strange action sequences those fucking keyblasts i wrote down i want to die after i wrote that those things were happening I even have the timestamp on that. Fuck it. Like, this this whole thing, the aesthetic that they're trying to capture in Neo-Yokio is a clusterfuck, which is why it, 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 like, there are other things that have understood that there is a specific genre that you can have within anime. Castlevania being a very good example that you have this fantasy horror kind of a deal. Uh, you know, I think it's very close to something like Helsing, which I think is probably one of my favorite, if not just a generally great anime series, because it's not it's it's mostly using the same kind of techniques that you see uh, to use drama and horror to its best effects aesthetically. And then also in the narrative, it's creating a story that I think would really be to Netflix's best interest to realize that that's one kind of way to tell a story like in Castlevania or Helsing there's another story you can tell with a more lighthearted feel all different kinds of things go into it they should but then again this is the studio that fucking also realized that you know what people are going to be confused if we call him light yagami so let's call him light turner let's yeah, make him the, the, a troubled teen yeah the, the greatest let's, sin that Let's Netflix fuck things over. Let's make yeah. L a confused ninja guy, and I, I, I some ah, four this kids. Isn't, this shit isn't about here. This isn't yep. about Netflix. This isn't about Netflix's Death Note, but but like it, it definitely mirrors that when they don't focus, when they don't realize what was good about something, that they can really shit the bed on it, and that they can understand they they can understand how to tell a story that will keep people coming back, but that won't make it a good story you you would say kivo you would say that this is something that you're looking forward to the second season as much as we are imploring you not to say so you would still be looking Looking forward to the second is a strong term um 
I will watch a second season because I am legitimately curious on what is going to happen. But it's but it's not a good story. No. But no. but they've done their job that you will watch the second season. And I really think that at the end of the day, this cynical product, this cynical surface level, superficial understanding of this medium is, is doing its job is that it's confusing. It's upsetting. It's angering people. And it's it's going to make them going to get people. It's, it's going to make people watch more no matter what. So I'm giving up. I'm saying right now, I don't give a shit if they bring this back, I will not be watching more because it doesn't deserve it. It made me angry and it is insulting. I have used that term very deliberately because I realized very quickly what it was doing. And I kept dragging my feet on it. I kept thinking to myself, I shouldn't watch more. I really shouldn't. I have to for the podcast, but I really shouldn't because that's just another pair of eyeballs that are watching this. I distracted myself with other things. I looked back if something weird was happening or if I thought that I could catch a weird animation stint. It's really, really not good. And it's really not that deep. And it's It's not worth your time. You know what is worth your time? Castlevania. Castlevania. <laughs> That's like the fifth time you. Okay, I'll put it on my queue. I'll give it a watch. You win. But Castlevania, but, rewatch Death Note for fuck's sake. You can watch it dubbed. You can watch it subbed. You can watch it however you like. You can watch it in a mouse. You can watch it with the house. You can yeah. watch it here and there. You can watch it anywhere. Watch it. I, I, I couldn't get past ten minutes of the live action movie. Um, yeah, watch uh, the right. whole thing. That. Go ahead, Kivo. I'll let you have the last word. Last word. Okay. Um, I know there's been a lot of anger expressed at, uh, at, at Neo Yokio today. And for good reason, um, there are many problems with the show. It is a very cheap, lazy, borderline, uh, borderline, you know, insulting, uh, actually not even borderline. It's pretty much, you know, all the worst things about anime, uh, conduct, uh, condensed into one. Um, I personally believe it's not bad on purpose. It's not ironic. It lacks the technical competence to execute any of its ideas. Um, But it is earnest about what it wants to do. It's quite human. And there's this very specific message that it's trying to scream. Uh, So if you listen, maybe you'll hear something. That's what I want to say about New York. Yeah, that's my last word. You know what else is earnest? Birdemic. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I definitely I definitely watched that over this again. I, I would rather rewatch I'll Death watch Note. the Sharknado I, movies before I, this again. Yeah, me too. Me too. The Sharknado movies are a little better. Though I wouldn't oh, watch I, I would probably draw the line at watching Neo Yokio a third time. Um yeah. Yeah, please um, don't. One thing yeah, the the worst anime on Netflix, the one that actually does make me mad isn't Neo Yokio. It actually is a uh, Glitter Force. Um Oh, that thing, yeah. Glitter Force makes me mad. Yeah, like, um, just I actually am a big Precure guy. I, I, I like the show. Not for a creepy reason. I just think they're, they remind me of my childhood because I watched Sailor Moon and stuff when I was little. And, you know, as, I'm a, as a more developed anime watcher, like, I can watch Precure and be like, these are actually pretty cool stories. Some seasons. Um, but, like, I just feel the way that they have to dumb down and also appropriate this, like, layer of Western culture and sensibilities is very – I hate using this word because it's so not specific, but it's problematic. Um, I, I just, it really is. It 
really rubs me the wrong way. Um, because first of all, the implication that Japanese culture is somehow not appropriate for kids is is already like what what the fuck, right? Like you know, kids are eventually going to learn that there are other countries in this world, right? Yeah. Um, the, like changing the the dubbing is terrible, um, and like I I just feel that like. They they dumb down so many things that they just change. It's like it's like four kids coming back and haunting me again. You know, coming from back from underneath my bed and haunting me again. It pretty cure the pretty cure. Uh, Glitter Force rustles my jimmies. Neo Yokio at least didn't take a show I enjoy and literally just shit in its mouth. Like pr- Glitter Force rustles my jimmies <laughs> well that's a, that's a thing is that they were they were trying to capture a very general aesthetic of of uh the magical girl with some heavy leanings towards pretty cure right uh but they weren't focused again it was really just that kind of you, you say appropriation it really you know what it's 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 tough to say you know i i uh i would not like to use these kinds of terms either but it really does feel like they're just appropriating the aesthetic of anime yeah. to this very generalized feel of what it's all about and right. that's what's insulting about it is that we know that there's more to it and there's more subtlety and that you can't just fucking slap a couple of big eyes and a small nose onto something and say look we figured out all there is to know about the anime so yeah, we can make it for you yeah yeah exactly exactly again the, the very premise that you know a, a japanese anime like the original precure shows which you know are japanese anime through and through are somehow just not appropriate for kids somehow because for some bizarre arcane and reason i went and through that in the 90s things. we don't need to we don't need to go through that again yeah exactly we've all seen that it's just not fucking helpful you know and the the only saving grace thank god is that glitter force and doki doki which are smile precure and doki doki precure I didn't really like. I was meh on them. Doki Doki especially was a slog. But like, if they keep doing these and they get to precursor seasons that I really like, I I might just I might I I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. It's it's gonna I, I mean it's okay my friend to be mad forcing me I, to watch well, like one or two episodes like when we get drunk and like just see? like don't want to do Jack, anything does this sound and familiar? I just get mad. <laughs> oh yeah, like this actually gets me mad. Like, <laughs> some some. And you if see, nothing it, it else, happens Kivo, when it happens to something that you personally enjoy. Yeah, like when it yeah, happens, it becomes yeah. personal. The fact yeah, that the fucking personal. episode four just happened to have gender situations that yeah, happen to I, I personally understand where you're affect from me yeah. and friends that, you know, have issues with the fact that, you know, they're they're of different races, different genders, things like that. That's why it becomes insulting it, and that's why it becomes this it becomes, it's almost it's mimicry right you know like how some birds like have like patterns on them that make them look like something else it's not that something else it's a bird it's mimicry right it's it's not the i would this is actually this is parasitic even that yeah, sure that's something yeah this is this is a uh, evasion of the body snatchers type uh appropriation of the aesthetic of a very widespread, diverse medium mm. that originates from a different country of origin that you do not fully understand unless you have consumed a lot. I'd be really interested in seeing who uh, on any of these series, uh, Seven Deadly Sins, Glitter Force, that kind of stuff, uh, I'd like to see how many of them have actually watched anime. 
not yeah, not was- like understand like a widespread amount but like have even just sat down and watched an anime and if they have i'd like to see what the fuck they watched because i have some ideas right if you invert this right in japan they get our media too like you know thrones like our, our tv that we like pretty popular in japan too they don't do this for them right obviously the the context is a little different but like they don't make our shit into their shit why do we have to make their shit into our shit the extent right? of their mimicry ended when Disney animation crossed over uh, and they decided to indoctrinate it into their visual aesthetics. So then everything had and the big worst, eyes and colorful The worst things. thing they do now is All Might and My Hero Academia. That's the worst thing they have now. Yeah. Yeah. Who's yeah. universally wait a liked. I'm... Wait, wait a minute. David... Now I'm betrayed by two people on this podcast. You don't like Top All Might? No, I said I do. You, you didn't like- let me finish. I said All Might in My Hero Academia, who is universally liked. You think, but what What about that is negative, though? Well, I'm saying that, that the that- only, s- since time has gone on in Japan doesn't appropriate American animation or anything that is uniquely American. Nowadays, the closest example we have is All Might. And that's it's all many, I see what you mean. In many aspects, that's yes. really good. If only we could yeah. do that. If only we yeah. could do that. Yeah, like, instead of coming of, up with things like Neo Yokio. Like yeah. Jack, Yes. I have I do have some good news out of all of this. Okay. I'm feeling like my migraine is actually gone. The evil well, is defeated. Once we've cast Neo Yokio from this world, it's 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 better. I think like one of the I, reasons I really intrigue people, and and it's a good idea. It's it's good for this trend to go on. I mean, I'm sure we we kind of understand the economics of this. the 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 way that anime is sold in the United States is so much different bef- uh, now than before in the 90s. In the 90s, it was all about like you have to appeal to dumb mainstream audiences and we're not going to go through the effort of educating audiences because that's too much work. It's because it was low bandwidth. It was all VHS that's super expensive and takes up a shitload of shelf space. And now as you know, first comes DVDs, then comes digital distribution. You kind of had the long tail effect. You know, we can have niches, we can have more broad appeal. There are more options and we don't have to educate audiences as much anymore because there's mm-hmm. so much selection and so much diversity. And this is a trend that needs to continue for a long time until we get to a point where this medium is actually treated with respect by the American industry. Uh, I really feel like you've hit the nail on on the head. And if Drop I just entreat our listeners to <laughs> Of course. <laughs> Uh, do not do not watch Neo Yokio. I, I have not, already said watch Castlevania a million times, but I also have another couple of suggestions. Uh, take a look at what Crunchyroll has to offer. It's free if you want to sit through some ads, but it's also a relatively cheap service. And aside from that, uh, do what I do. And even if you live in a small town, there's got to be used record store, used DVD stores around. Take a look at what they've got to offer because when I looked through the anime section, small as it was, I found stuff like the complete box set of Salty Ray for three thirty nine, And I found packs of Hikai J, which I've referenced repeatedly, which is a very cool sci-fi series that has a huge spread and a huge classist uh, thematic struggle. And it is it was even 
cheaper than that to find all of them because they were all like three episode uh, DVD sets. Like, go and take a look at some obscure shit, which you can find if you just know where to look. Take a look on eBay. See what's and I'll do you being one sold for like two bucks. And I'll do you one better. If you have Neo Yokio up on your screen right now and you're listening to this episode of the anime podcast of some sort and you're thinking that you want to watch it, I want you to go ahead and scroll over to Knights of Sidonia instead. That's what I want you to do. Kivo from AnimeMaro.com, thank you so much for joining us on APOS this week. Tell everyone about Anime Maro and what you've got going on. Sure. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, my name's Kivo. I've, I run a site called Anime Maru. We're the number one, uh, we're the number one source of anime news uh, ever for all time. Uh, we're the, we're a large, um, not large. We're an online kind of anime news parody site. Uh, I've been doing this stuff since like around 2014. Uh, people, it, it, over the course of running this site, where we just have like silly articles that kind of riff on either current events or trends in anime. Um, I think the thing that I've learned the most is how many people just read articles and take them as gospel or um, just read headlines and take them as gospel and start spreading it around. Or even people who like actually do read the article and leave us comments of like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. Like people really will just believe what they read. Um, and that kind of explains a lot of things that are going on in the world today. So uh, yeah. So I, that's, if nothing else, that is my outlook on the internet is dim. And here at the anime <laughs> podcast of some sort, Jack and I are doing our best to make things a little bit better and a little less trashier. Jack, what have you got going on? Oh boy, I got lots going on, but uh, until these uh, tr- sweet ass trailers drop, I will keep my mouth shut, but I will just say there are good things coming by. And hopefully by the time we get to our next APOS recording, I will be able to divulge a little bit more. In the meantime, if you want to find more of those vague drops of knowledge, nuggets of wisdom, and a couple more belly aches about the recording of this episode, you can find me on Twitter at Jack D. Tyler D. And if you want to see some cool-ass pictures of my face, my art, my life, my despair, you can find me at Rock Behind the Wheel on Instagram. I also have a Tumblr. It's pretty much out of commission right now but i have been answering a couple questions where people wondered how if there would ever be a revival and you can find me at dr junkenstein i presume dot tumblr.com hyphens throughout each of those words and uh i'll be happy to hear from you guys and honestly in in all fairness kivo it's been really cool having you on and i'm glad that you were able to offer a little bit of an uplifting perspective on this i really do thank you i really thank do you. I need a big Toblerone. Oh, shit. Yeah, you, you guys got to all get Toblerones. There you damn go. It, you're, you're infected. God damn it. Fuck. You guys all get Toblerones. Yeah, I Thanks actually have uh, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.